1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the gold dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Jane Robbins. As we're taping this, my co-host Patty DeCraney is under the weather and not able to join us, so we wish her a speedy recovery. Today's topic is the yearly push at the Capitol to legalize certain types of gambling in Georgia. And to help us understand what this push is all about, we have a special guest with us. But before I introduce him, let's invoke the Holy Spirit and read Holy Scripture. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. And today's scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. Those who want to be rich are falling into temptation and into a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. And some people in their desire for it have strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains. So at the outset, let's clarify the church's position on gambling. Now, we find it in paragraph 2413 of the Catechism, which tells us that games of chance and wagers are not in themselves um, sinful, contrary to justice. But the Catechism says... They become morally unacceptable when they deprive someone of what is necessary to provide for his needs and those of others. The passion for gambling risks becoming an enslavement. So with that background, I am pleased to introduce our guest today. Mike Griffin is a longtime Baptist pastor who's the public affairs representative for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Mike, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do in that position well thank you jane it's a real honor to be on the show with you today um, i pastored for 35 and a half years in the state of georgia and um during that 35 and a half years uh, 12 of it i still while i was full-time a pastor worked at the uh, uh capital start out with georgia right to life for eight years and now this makes my 10th year i think working with georgia baptist and um I went full-time with them three years ago, so this is my 16th year down there, and um, again, uh, I ran for state rep in 06 and kind of got more involved in the political side of what was going on, but I've always had an interest on social, moral issue, ethical issues, those types of things, and so uh, after I ran for state rep, that's when Georgia Right to Life contacted me about being their um, legislative uh, liaison down there and uh, to help them and uh, of course I didn't win the state rep race <laughs> that's why I ended up being a lobbyist but uh, anyway been doing that now for like I said 16 years and uh, now full-time with Georgia Baptist uh, working on this issue I had the pleasure of working with you during the years I was down at the Capitol and 
you taught me so much about the legislative process, and I can say that there's no one under the Gold Dome who is more respected than Mike Griffin. Even people who disagree with you respect right. you. So, Mike, tell us what the current state of the law is in Georgia w- with respect to gambling and what types of gambling are being considered at the legislature. Well, right now, the only legal gambling that's going on is, of course, the lottery. And um, that happened because of a, you know, a constitutional amendment. And our, uh, you know, our state law requires that there be a constitutional amendment and there can be no other gambling. Now, there, you know, there are raffles and bingo, but there, there are certain uh, statuses that they have to stay under. Uh, we have coin-operated uh, amusement machines, Class 2s, that are out there. I think they're gambling. They say they're technically not gambling, but they're under the lottery now. They used to be called video poker machines years ago, but now they're considered somewhat games of skill, and uh-huh. they're not really cash payouts unless it's under the table, which we're concerned about that is happening. Surely that would never that, happen. Yeah, um, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, think about it. And, I mean, so that that's really the only thing that's out there. I mean, really – in Georgia, you cannot technically gamble to make profit off of it unless it's a state-sponsored gambling, which is what is going to be required by our state constitution, that there be an amendment. Although there are people out there saying that, oh, we can stick it under the lottery and do that. But um, I have, uh, in some of my research last night or this morning, I came across a document from a, the former attorney general's office in 2016, when we were dealing with uh, daily fantasy sports, uh, and the assistant attorney general did say that that did not fall under our law. In other words, it would be illegal gambling in the state mm-hmm. of Georgia. And um, so, again, all we have legally is the lottery, and okay. it would require, I believe, a state constitutional amendment that people have to vote on it because what would happen if they tried to do something otherwise it could be sued and put into court and then it would be drug out three or four years possibly and that's why one of the reasons some have decided oh well, we just want to do a constitutional amendment now you see them now we're hearing and just something just came out in the ajc that you know they might try to slip it in through the lottery on the sports betting right so you mentioned sports betting. What are the other kinds of, of gambling that right. have been subject to legislation? Well, this whole it? thing started out about nine years ago, actually 10 years ago, um, and we we stopped all gambling for about nine years now. But it started out with horse racing, paramutual betting, of course. And it was always said, oh, you know, we're not going to have any casinos with that, and it's just going to be horse racing. That never passed. And then the next thing you know, you come up with casinos because when they were doing the horse racing, they were saying, well, you know, we're not going to have any slot machines, you know. Well, now, oh, we're going to do casinos, and now all of a sudden slot machines were coming. Oh, yeah, well, we do need to do that. And then that didn't kind of go over because that looked a little too bare-skinned to do. Now, like, well, we're going to have destination resorts. So being the old country boy that I am, you know, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. Okay. It it looks better, but it's still a pig. So destination resorts are still casinos and they carry, carry with it all the problems. And then now with the last four years, we've had the Supreme court ruling, you know, dealing with the Brady act. So now we've got this. So what is the Brady act? Well, the Brady act banned all sports betting, except, uh, what two or three States that were grandfathered in Nevada mm-hmm. example. Uh, now they're saying that you cannot do that. Uh, you cannot ban it in any state. They didn't say it was legal. They just said you can't stop it, but it would still have to be legalized per state. And so we, I think we've seen 30 
at least 30 states have now legalized sports betting, although people are doing it in every state illegally to some extent or another. So that came up about three years ago. And uh, so we're dealing with those three. And, and to be honest with you, over the last two years, they've kind of battled with each other. And so that's kind of helped us stop the legislation because um, they were kind of going at each other because one, one would say, well, let's go with the sports betting. No, we need to do, so we need to do both. And so I'm like, well, I'm not for both, but I am for one. And then they would, you know, how are we going to do the uh, – you know, how are we going to divide the money up that we're going to get for tax revenue? Then it, someone wanting to push for needs-based rather than skilled, you know, and all mm-hmm. these other types. You know, we want some to go to, um, you know, the hospitals and rural Georgia. And so then there was a seem, seemingly a fight behind the scenes on where the revenue would go, and that kind of slowed it up. But I'm hoping that people of faith have gotten involved and then people of just good reason have said this just purely based on the facts is not good for Georgia. Okay, well, let me ask you. The argument is that this is really good for economic development. We have casinos. We have these great casinos or these destination resorts or whatever. So what's wrong with that argument? Well, what's wrong with the argument is you have men like Professor John Kent, uh, retired from the University of Illinois. Um, Let's see, you have uh, Professor Earl Grenells. Both have testified numerous times before Congress on data that they have that shows that for every dollar you raise in tax revenue from the gambling enterprises, whether it be one or all three of those that we've just talked about, it ends up costing the state and the taxpayer three to five dollars for every dollar you raise. So this thing of we're going to justify the uh, you know we're going to justify the end by the by the means. In other words, we're going to say it's okay as long as we're or yeah just as long as we're making money from it. And uh, but the problem is you're just squeezing the toothpaste from one end of the tube to the other. In other words, you yeah you're going to make some money. Oh, absolutely, there's going to be more money coming in, but there's also going to be more money going out through defects and other. Okay, types so of explain that. What sorts of cultural problems do you see? Or do you think would would um, result from this? Well, to be honest with you, mental illness is one of the biggest things. And last year we had an anti-gambling. Uh, press conference and one of the co-authors of the new middle mental health legislation uh, Todd Jones was there and he basically made the statement that it was intellectually dishonest to talk about the benefits of gambling without also mentioning the detriments of gambling as well and if you just take the American uh, Psychiatric Association's uh, diagnostic and statistical manual uh, they they will tell you that gambling is as addictive as heroin, opioids, alcohol, and cocaine. And so what you're doing is you're just going to put more of it out there. And and here's here's the thing that we hear the most about these these things is well they're already doing it. Yes. Okay. Well, listen. Only the Lord knows what people are already doing out there that they would do more of it if it were made legal. So. We don't want to put gas on a fire. We do have the fire here in the state. Absolutely, yeah. There's illegal activity going on. It needs to. We need to do a better job of enforcement, better better rules and regulations on it. But to make it legal is just going to make it worse. And he, here's my little philosophical way. I've never heard it anywhere else, but uh, everywhere I've shared it with people who have a little more academic uh, background than I do say you're, you're telling the truth. And here it is. Legalization always equals accessibility. 
Accessibility will always equal more sales. Sales will always uh, equal more participation in whatever you just sold. And the more participation will equal the potential of more problems that come from that. And so when you look at all this, these things, you know, you're talking about child abuse, spousal abuse, crime, uh, divorce rates increasing, sex trafficking in Georgia could increase anywhere from 35 to 75% with more legalized gambling. Is that con- connected with casinos? Particularly and- with the casinos, uh-huh. that is. But again, we think that the most dangerous of all three of these really is the sports betting from from a financial position, from an addiction uh, position. You know, Tennessee, 800% increase on their addiction line. If you we took one snapshot over the last year or so of people calling in who, you know, are dealing with the addiction issues that are, that are out there. And so, again, um, we're seeing this across the board as just being a, a, a major detriment from anywhere – from addiction, bankruptcies, crime, influence on children, sex trafficking, the whole thing. In other words, everything that you're dealing with today from from these ethical issues is just it's just simply going to explode. Well, the sports issue is particularly interesting to me, um, especially with daily fantasy sports and the ones where you just play on your phone and you can make a huge bet just on your phone and then Two hours later, you make another huge bet to try to win back what you just lost on the previous bet. And what I have been concerned about, and I I know that you have talked about this, too, is that they target certain demographics for this. And the people they're targeting are people like my sons, people, young men who are either, you know, college age up into their 30s. And and there's not in fact, I, I asked my son one time several years ago when they were trying to get the daily fantasy sports in down there. And I asked my son if he did daily fantasy sports because I knew they did fantasy football. But, you know, that's the the season long um, uh, sort of game thing that they do. But I asked him if he did daily fantasy and he said no. And I said, why not? And he said, because I'm not a moron. He said daily fantasy sports is the crack cocaine of gambling. Right. And he knows he told me just recently he knows people. He's now 34 and he knows young men who are friends of his who are addicted to it so that that has always concerned me are you um uh, aware also of the cross marketing that goes on with the sports gambling with that what i have read is that the pornography sites advertise on the sports sites and the sports sites advertise on the pornography yeah I, i saw some research on that uh, back in 2016, there was a connection with porn sites and daily fantasy sports. And by the way, our folks need to know the difference between fantasy sports and daily fantasy right, sports. Right, right. Fantasy sports started out where you pick your team and you follow your players mm-hmm. through the for season. For months, for the season. But daily season. Uh, fantasy sports is something that changes every day. And, you know, you're, you know, you're, and of course, they tried to say it was a game of skill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just because skills involved doesn't mean it's still not some gambling involved as well, though we're trying to relate it to the actual code, you know, in the state of Georgia. But, yeah, they're, they're, you know, this is the most dangerous. Uh, the uh, the advertisements that's going to be out there, um, and you're already seeing it even though it's not legal. You cannot watch – you can't even watch golf now without, you know, you, you're, you're able to bet. And also I saw a recent article here in the last two weeks – 
that they're looking at some of these places that have daily fantasy sports going back and changing some laws to restrict their advertising and to restrict their ability to give you so much money to get you to bet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, yeah, we'll give you $500 oh, yeah. or whatever on your app, and you can go ahead and bet the first $500. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many of you that may know something about being a pool shark, you know that if you're a pool shark, you cannot win the first game or the second or the right. third. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're putting bait on the hook. You're waiting until they swallow it, and then you snatch them in. And so what's happening is they're baiting people to bet more. And again, kids are seeing this. I understand back when we were doing with daily fantasy sports that many of the machines that kids are using to do games on will eventually begin to show ads and things. And I mean, literally, if you go, I haven't looked in the last year or so, but you can go to the lottery website right now if you go to looking at some of the games you can do that it, it has what appears to be cartoons okay but you're not children are not supposed to be doing it right and yet we've seen in australia the uk an exponential increase in u.s uh, i think there's a group called the u.s campaign for Ga- uh, for gambling free kids reports that half of 16 year olds have gambling apps on their smartphones already so imagine what's going on in the, in the fraternity houses with the 18-year-old, yeah. 19-year-old But again, they're kids. saying, well, we've already got it and we're losing tax revenue. Yeah. But again, yeah. you know, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I've literally been testifying there in the Senate and the House and point behind me at, you know, I'm not thinking that 85 is behind me somewhere there at the Capitol. I said, you know what? How many of y'all think there are people speeding out there right now? Oh, yeah, they're speeding. I said, well, let's just do away with speed limits because they're speeding anyway. It's not stopping them. And I said, you know why you don't want to do away with speed limits? Because they would sp- they would drive faster mm-hmm. if you didn't have speed limits. And so these are the things you we do have to monitor. And, and again, pass good legislation. And then, secondly, we've got to enforce it. Well, let me throw you another argument that is made by the people who want to pass some of these bills. This argument is that we're not going to impose a decision on people. We, as the legislature, we're just going to put it on the ballot so that people can vote up or down on a constitutional amendment. So let the people decide. So what's wrong with that, in your view? The problem with that is is that people have trusted them to make decisions to not allow a ballot initiative to get on unless it's something good. I was in a Senate or House committee talking about recreational marijuana and they were like going no way we're going to put this on the ballot we can't take a chance of this becoming legal and i thought guys won't you use that same rationale behind the gambling we'll just let the people decide but the people have already decided to put you there to make those granular decisions so that we won't be manipulated in doing something that's going to harm our family and our children and so Another when you thing, say manipulated, what do you mean? Because all that glitters is not gold, and they will outspend us, according to um, uh, Les Bernal, they will outspend us 250 to 1 on advertising to pass that. Les Bernal is from Stop Predatory Stop Gambling. Stop Predatory Gambling, a tremendous uh, expert on this. And their studies have shown 250 to 1. How many of you know if anybody could get reelected if they were an incumbent, if, if they got outspent 250 to 1? I don't think so. And so that's where we're at. It won't be a fair fight if it gets on the ballot. That's why they want to get it on the ballot. And that's how the, the legislators are not careful. They're shirking their responsibility to protect our citizens. I remember one former state senator who said, yes, they'll spend hundreds of millions of dollars on the campaign and 
we will pass the plate in Sunday school yeah, <laughs> to come right. up with the money. So you once see they get goes. ensconced in our government, we won't be able to do anything by way of trying to get rid of them because they're going to have such a financial impact on legislation going forward once they get here and it gets even worse. Well, let me ask you this about the players, so to speak, down at the Capitol in this in this fight. So who is pushing it and who's opposed to it? Well, Ron, um, Ron Stevens, Representative Ron Stevens, who is a very nice person I'm a friend with. We disagree on this. He's pushing it right now. Um, also, uh, uh, Senator Brandon Beach was was behind a lot of the horse racing. Uh, Senator uh, Jeff Mullis was. He's not there anymore. Those are the two strong proponents that you know that are still there. Um, you know, there's not some real strong people stopping it. You know, not really wanting to stop, although it hasn't passed. Uh, you know, Senator Marty Harbin is definitely not for it down there. I think about people like him, and mm-hmm. there's some other members that would stand against it, but. What about the lobbyists? Uh, well, I'm told that there's anywhere from 60 to 80 lobbyists that are in favor of pushing it every year. And you look about, there's only about five of us down there that represent four or five organizations that are against it. So last year, I just told people it could only be a God thing and his conviction helping us because financially we're overwhelmed down there. Well, who's paying the lobbyists? Well... I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the industry is is funneling the money in there to them, and I, I understand that they're funneling the money into the campaigns of our House and Senate members as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Well, then the obvious question is, and you said it was a God thing, but how how did this? How has it not happened at least with casinos, or at least with one aspect of this? Now, what have you done to stop it? Well, again, I try to uh, tell folks that one of my responsibilities to capital is to communicate back to grassroots what's going on. And I'm trusting that God's people uh, across denominational and faith lines will say, you know, this is not good. And they're contacting their state rep and saying no, or their senator saying no. They're they're communicating that. And when I go in and I say, you know, I represent about 1.3 million or so Georgians, that's about 10% of the population, you know, we're not in favor of this. We just passed a resolution at our convention recently against uh, sports uh, betting, and we've passed about we've passed over 20 resolutions since uh, 1960 against gambling. So, again, numbers mean a lot, and the fact that we get more grassroots. I mean, you know, even the even AJC is talking 51, 57 percent somewhere on, on being positive toward that. But if you went up and asked somebody on the street right now, would you give me your top five legislative issues that you think our capital uh, people need to be thinking about the most? Gambling won't be in the top five. They just won't. It's mm-hmm. just not. But if you ask them, would you like to vote on it? Would you care about it? Yeah. But, you know, 51 and 57 percent is not some overwhelming number okay you're just barely getting over the fence on that so mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a it's not an issue i believe that the gambling industry wants to come here because they want to exploit the virgin territory down here you know because it's not worked horse racing can't make it even even the kentucky derby can't make it without historical r- horse racing machines in other words just racing horses is not working anymore yeah. and they're going out of business in other places but they're coming here Georgia's been, what, eight or nine years, number one place to do business, and we didn't have this here. 
We don't have to have it, Georgians. To I, I just heard on the radio we had a three percent increase in in more jobs available here over the last year. So our economy is doing great with a great governor. We don't need people to come in here and exploit our citizens. Put on your profit hat. What <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? What what do you predict for this session? Or is there any way to know? Well, the old country boy philosophy, you know, do all you can, put it in your can, but don't ever sit on your can. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to do everything I can. I'm going to have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. I know my God is able. I don't know if it's not going to work. may not, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. You know, I'm going to keep fighting and doing what is right. Trust the Lord to bless that. And he does because he always does bless what's right. But I'm trusting that God's people will listen to what the Lord's saying when he's convicting them. Because I've written uh, an article called 10 Reasons Why You Shouldn't Gamble, a pa- uh, you know, a Christian Shouldn't Gamble. And one of them has is because, it, you know, gambling uh, promotes idolatry. You know, superstition begins to creep in, and it hurts the needy and those that are hurting and those types of things. Yeah. Um, we will link to that article in our, sure. in our show notes so that people can, can get the whole view. Um, Mike, thank you so much for coming in today and educating us about this. I think this is a, an issue that people sort of think they know about, but they just haven't thought it through, and they don't really know what the right. statistics are. And it's uh, one of those all that glitters is not gold kind of things. So um, we hope that people will be more thoughtful yeah. about it. I would ask you, if you don't mind, to please close us in prayer today. Be glad to, and thank you so much, Jane, for having me here today. Father, we thank you. We just plead the intercession of the Holy Spirit over our effort here to stand for righteousness, Lord, to uh, love our neighbor the way you would have us, and to not do unto others in ways that we wouldn't want people to do back to us. We want to do unto others the way we do want them to, to treat us. And um, we know, Lord, that gambling can't make it unless somebody loses. And, we, and, Lord, we've got so much where our families are hurting so bad. Our children are under such attack. I pray, Lord, that we would just gather support. That you would guide us and direct us by your Holy Spirit and convicting power to stand and to minimize this as much as we continually can that we might have a better Georgia and for all of our citizens, and that the gospel and and love for you would be preeminent through it all. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.